Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 408, recorded live on Sunday, April 19th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who I owe some thanks to, Dave Pillay. Hey, hey. The man who uh, had a little bit of a convoluted weekend, Andy Lowe. Hi. Why do I get thanks? I mean, not that I'm upset at that. I love getting thanks from you. Because you're up at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Oh, yes. Yes, that is true. So that's that's why I was like, well, Dave got up. Good morning, Andy. <laughs> Dave, Dave technically got up, I think, time zone earlier than I got up today. I was up around 8. Yes, that was... <laughs> That was up earlier than me. Yep. It's yeah. a Sunday. Do you know how, how late I usually like to sleep on Sundays? Probably till 11. Keep going. 12? Around there. Okay. I, I don't have a, mon- a morning on Sunday. Or if I do wake up at like 10.30 or 11, it's usually to just lounge in bed and cuddle for like an hour to an hour and a half. Sounds like good plans. Yep. I, you see, I can't, I don't understand the people that can do that. I get up early morning for work five days a week. Yep. And then on the weekends, stay in bed till, or sleep in till like noon. Yep. Because I, every time I try and do that, it, it does not go well. What, what happens? How does it not go well? Well, either A, I, I can't literally like sleep in that late. My body just doesn't want me to. So majority of the time, I just I, I just start tossing and turning in bed. So I, I have to get up. Or sometimes when I do, you know, sleep until noon, then we know when I try and get up at 7 a.m. for work, that does not go as planned. Ah, okay. I just, I, I, I can't shift that quickly, it seems. So hence, I normally get up at a normal time on the weekends. Well, good for you. Yeah, which it, it's great, you know, when I have to do my long runs on Sundays, because then... You're up. I'm up. And, you know, during the summer, it's not 90 degrees at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's supposed to cool off in the near future. Well, that should be good, because you've already got the uh, air conditioning on and going. Holy crap. Yeah, no, this coming week, it's supposed to get to like 50 degrees here. Oh, we're looking forward to it. So, do you know what today is? I just found this out. April 19th? Yes. Today um, is the 50th anniversary of Moore's Law. Oh, God. Moore stating that the number of transistors on a microchip will double every year. Yes. Roughly. Well, every two years. I think he actually years. said 18 months. Yeah. Is there a, a tracker for Moore's Law? There's, There's got to be online somewhere. Moore'sLaw.org. Wow. Uh, just tells you what it is. Okay. Singularity tracker. No. Nope. Wow, so his article was printed 50 years ago today. Jeez. It's one of those things that's like, did he be able to predict that so well in the future or was that kind of just... Well, I mean, it, it's that the law has been tweaked. Yeah, before we originally still, it was... We aren't still actually doubling the number of transistors. No. Now it's just been, what, computing power or something? It's it's more cores, it's better better transistors, it's smaller transistors. It's just, it's not actually doubling the number of transistors. Think about it. Uh, when did the first 3 gigahertz chip come out? I'm not sure. I'll give you a hint. We aren't at 6 gigahertz, and it wasn't in the last two years. Um, so that, that means you don't need to figure it out, Andy. Oh. If, it were, it, if we were up to 6 gigahertz, then the whole, like, double the, the processor speed, double the number of transistors should put us, it should have put us past it if it were in the last two years. Gotcha. And since it's longer than two years ago, we should be even higher. 
So the law has been tweaked. Yeah. It, it's not quite so accurate as people want it to be, but it's because people want it to be that it is. Well, it's also, we're, we're basically at the physical limits of silicon. Like, the, we cannot do... We can't make it run faster. No, there's, we've, we've reached the physical limits of the physical strata that the chips yep. are built on. Yep, which is why they're investigating different strata and different substances and different chips. Am I still coming through okay, by the way? Yeah. Good. Perfectly fine. Wonderful. So happy anniversary to more and Moore's Law. May we continue to increase towards singularity. Oh, singularity, both a blessing and a curse. Terrifying. Have you heard, uh, this isn't a topic on the list, but have you heard about this guy who's going to have a, a uh, head transplant? What? There is a, an Italian doctor who has worked out and successfully performed on mice a head transplant. Okay. Taking the head from one creature and moving it to another. Well then, what, what, what are you going to... Why? Uh, because if your body has you know, not developed because of various diseases, but your head is okay, you could move to a different body. That just seems weird. Yes. There's a, a lot of questions with it, like who... You know, it, they, they call it a head transplant, but it's really a body transplant, right? Because it's yeah. the person who's the head. But so you're doing this this transplant of a, a head to a new body. Well, that's a whole different system, and it might not work the same way. True. So there's a lot of concern about that. That is going to be weird and interesting. Yep. And weird. Yep. Anyway, that was just along the lines of, like, speaking of terrifying things, a head transplant. Do oh, you, goodness. I'm like, do you take the spine with it? I don't know. And if so, how do you wire up the nervous system? And I just, I don't know. I, 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 mm. Right. But the information's out there. Head transplant. They have a doctor who knows a procedure to do it, and they have a willing patient. Very true. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, can we get off this disturbing topic? Sure. Let's go to a different disturbing topic. Rock Band 4? No. No? And 5? Well, there's a new rock band and a new guitar hero to match. Yes. I feel like the the crazy bit is there's a new new guitar hero. I feel like the crazy bit is there's a new music game. Like, we we stopped this. We left this fad. And you know what? This is a terrible thing. No, 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 no. We didn't what? we didn't lose this fad because the music games shifted from Guitar Hero and Rock Band to the dance games. Okay. So we still had music based stuff there where people were playing songs right. and instead but, of playing, you know, plastic but instruments. Not where I had to buy plastic instruments. And what I was about to say is the the really kind of crappy part is for these new games, not only will I have to buy a new console, I will probably have to buy new plastic instruments. Yes. Which will sit in my basement and start grow like rotting and growing mold. Probably not because they're plastic. <laughs> it's like that that would be surprising. Can can I use my old instruments on these new games? On rock band, they are trying to what get it so, so they can use the old instruments. What does that mean they're trying? How can they make it so that you don't 
They're trying to create it because the interface between the Xbox 360 wireless controllers and the Xbox One wireless controllers are two different wireless, um, basically wireless codecs. Oh, for the love of God. Okay. So they're trying to basically build a converter box so you can use the Rock Band, old Rock Band controllers on the new Rock Band game. Or they could just release the new Rock Band on the Xbox 360. Like they're going to do that. Like, you know, so that everyone who bought Rock Band can just buy this one. Like they're going to do that. I'm sorry, yes, the Xbox 360 is still around, but it's not new. They're they're not going to put anything... Are there any games actually still getting released for the 360? I don't know. Da-da... Release dates for upcoming upcoming Xbox 360 games. Oh, probably a ton of them. Supposedly, Guitar Hero Live is coming out for the 360. Oh, cool! Except I'd need to buy new plastic instruments. Yes, because the new guitar for Guitar Hero is different. So we all remember the five plastic colored keys, right? Red, yellow, orange, green, blue. Yep. They're going to do six keys, right? Okay. And they're doing it in a three by two grid. So three keys on the top, three keys on the bottom. So I no longer have to worry about my pinky key. Nope. Hmm. But they're gonna, they said it, it makes it feel like you're actually, you know, playing actual chords because you might have one on the top and two of them on the bottom or so on and so forth. Right. So it's going to be a, a slightly different pattern to to remember yes okay you're not gonna feel quite as as rocky like shifting up and down but then again you only shift it up and down through those five buttons yes i can i can already just oh man i remember the pain in my hand oh the pain in my hand you learn to deal with it (laughs) so why is it called guitar hero live because you know how the guitar hero games you had the the cartoony looking people in their yeah. virtual concert things there. This one is using live action video, a la, you know, Mist and Seventh Guest, and they it's a point of view from you as the guitar player at the concert. Huh. Weird. So, yeah, you're going to be, it's going to be a point of view game, but it's going to be a guitar. Granted, as you and I both know, you you can never tell what's going on in the background. Right, you, you don't pay any attention to it. You are so focused on the foreground. Yeah. The background was always for the people watching the game. Because it's a party game, you play it with friends. Mm-hmm. I still remember one time I was playing it, and somebody's like, holy crap, there's a UFO there. And I'm like, what? I was playing Freebird at the time, and I guess yep. if you There's a UFO enough, in Freebird. Yeah. I was like, what? UFO? Oh. So it's it's a live recording of a concert's audience with like different reactions yes so they've got little like segue things there so if you do bad the crowd will start to boo but if you do great they'll actually cheer what happens if you do great then bad then great well the crowd will be really excited and then start to get really upset with you and then if you pick it up again then they'll be all excited again and how many different versions of the crowd are there am i going to see the same crowd with the same reactions every time i don't know this is it's like how many crowds did they record for this According to them, they spend a lot of time recording crowds, and um, they also will have the different venues as well, so different crowds in different venues as well. So your small club's not going to have the same crowd as, you know, the arena levels. I, 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 I don't know what to think about this, Andy. Okay, so we got the new guitar. We got the new point of view mode. We also have. Um, it's is also it just going to, wait? Is it just a new mode, or is it like this is the game? That well, that's the game. That's the new game mode. It's okay. it, This is the game. They're also going to have um, Guitar Hero TV. 
which is a 24-hour playable music video network that continually updates with new releases and classic songs. So MTV. Yes, but you're able to jump on whenever you want to to compete with friends and other global players as they play along. So you can just have it on there as MTV, but if you have a song that you want to play, you can just jump in and start playing. Which is a cool way to get a much larger library without having to have the larger library. Yes. That, is it going to be a free mode, or do you have uh, to pay for access? I don't know. They haven't announced that yet. Ah. But still, that, that to me, is basically party mode. Yeah. You flip that on there, you put the... The song's you, going. The song's going. You have the guitar, since, you know, it's only guitar. It, oh, it's only guitar now? They removed the rest of the band? It only was guitar. Uh, guitar Hero World Tour was not. It wasn't? <laughs> Shows how much I paid attention no, guitar to guitar Hero had its own drum kit. Don't you remember? No. You know, trying to ask me if I remember something about a video game I never played how many years ago? Go to Google Images and search Guitar Hero yeah, World I'm Tour. Doing that right now. Oh yeah, forgot about World that. World Tour was guitar, bass, drum, and microphone. Because it was rock band. Because Activision hadn't had an original idea in years. Yeah, and supposedly, according to Activision, they had no idea that Rock Band was also going to announce something, you know, a week before they did. Yeah, that's that's kind of a crazy thing, right? Both music games just disappeared from the world, and now, within a week of each other, both announced something. Yeah. Gonna drive the conspiracy theorists nuts. So yeah, Guitar Hero Live, Rock Band 4, it's the 1990s all over, not the 1990s, it's the 2000s all over again. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Are you thinking of getting either? You don't have new uh, next-gen system. No. Current-gen system, I guess. I will reiterate this again. A, I don't have Xbox Gold anymore. And B, I can't even remember the last time I turned on my 360. Yeah, mine's been in my basement pretty much since I moved in. Like, it, it's sitting here taking up sh- shelf space. And I look at it and go, I don't remember the last time I turned you on. Why would you? I don't know. I've got Hearthstone instead. You have Hearthstone. And now you have Hearthstone on your phone. No, I do not. (laughs) Is that by choice? Yes. Or just uh, a lack of motivation and drive? That is by choice. Why don't you have Hearthstone on your phone, Andy? Because that would be ridiculous. Why? Because What is ridiculous about it? Well, first off, I did actually install it once just to play a game and get the free card pack. But the interface is completely different. It's weird. It's hard to maneuver things, especially because, you know, I've got big fingers, I guess. Is it is it different and scary, Andy? It's it's just Are you rejecting the new world order? What? Nothing. It's it is, yes. It is still Hearthstone. And it's on the phone. It's the same game. The yes. interface is a little different, but you still get mana crystals and you still uh you know play cards. It was plus the amount of space it was taking up on my phone was ridiculous. So it was one of those things where I felt like I would have to move, either move that to the SD card or move a whole lot of other stuff to the SD card, the amount of space that it was taking up. Okay. It just, nope, not going to do it on my phone. I'm just going to do my little bits on the weekends and during my lunch breaks, and that's going to be it. But if you put it on the phone, you can do it so much more often. Why? I don't know. I'm just having fun with you. I, I do, okay, so I come on, I do the daily quests, I get some gold. 
And then every once in a while, I'll do an arena run, get some more gold and get some more cards. Arena runs over, I do the daily quests. It's just, the, the game for me seems to be built to just do small little chunks. It's those people who are, you know, do right. I need to do it but constantly? No. But it's small chunks means that you, you want to be able to do it more often and more frequently in different places. And so this way you can use it on your phone. Yeah, like, oh, I, I got 10 minutes while I wait for someone. I'll pull out my phone and play a game of Hearthstone. No, currently right now is I have 10 minutes I have to wait for someone. I pull out my phone and play a game of cribbage. Ah, right. Because you're playing cribbage now. Yes. Why would you play an old card game when you can play a brand new one? Because I'm playing both of them and it, it, I don't need any more Hearthstone in my life. I'm perfectly happy with the amount of Hearthstone that's there. I do not need to add to it. Okay. Well, many people have felt the need. The Hearthstone app has been downloaded many, 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 many times. Blizzard is quite happy with it, it seems. And next week I'll talk to everybody about my opinion of the Black Rock Mountain single-player adventure. Because, uh, yeah. Not a, a huge fan of BRM? Uh, there's, well, it's actually, I'm in the BRS part of BRM. Uh, the Black Rock Spire? Yeah, and... Ubers! Oh, there's a couple of the bosses where it it feels like in order to beat the heroic mode, you need to pay to win sort of thing. Oh, that's not good. But I'll I'll talk about that. I know it's possible to beat the boss, but some of these are like, really? You, I'll talk about that next week. Okay. Things to look forward to. Andy's yes. review of yet another expansion of Hearthstone. So what else should we talk about? Well, SpaceX tried to land a rocket on a barge again. Okay. Again, it's the, the the rockets that are taking the payloads up to the ISS, right? Like yes. it's the first stage? Yes. Because they so, managed to get to the ISS again. Yes. So that, that the, the primary purpose of the rocket is already set and done. And normally, even with the U.S., these rockets normally just, you know, fall into the ocean. And then most That's of the time... It. Well, it depends. So the... Back on the shuttle. Back on the shuttle, the, the rockets the, were reusable. The solid rocket boosters, which were the two white ones on either side, were reusable. They were recovered every time. Yes. The liquid rocket booster, which was the big orange cone, was non-reusable. No. And so they'd either just eject it into orbit, or they'd eject it and it would burn up on re-entry, or it would hit the water and sink, and that would be it. Yeah. So the, the the primary purpose of this rocket is already set and done, but these things cost millions of dollars each. And so Elon Musk is like, well, let's see if we can reuse it. So they, it's not affecting the primary mission whatsoever. The primary mission is to get the payload up to the ISS, and he has done that. So it's not like he's really losing anything off of trying to land it on a barge so he can reuse it. So he's he's he tried to do this the first time. It it missed the barge and it hit it sideways and boom goes the dynamite. Right. So he tried it again and he got damn close. Wasn't like it, the, it? It hit the barge this time. It actually landed. It on landed, the barge. but it bounced. Was that it? It landed too hard, so it kind of bent the legs a bit. And there was also some throttle body issue. The 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 last link I have in there, the more Falcon Nine info, kind of goes with a better explanation of what happened, including a um, a video, which is the Falcon Nine close call video there, which is actually one from the landing pad itself. Ooh, they have a video of the landing pad. Yes, that is a very large rocket. By yes, the way. yes, it is. And man, 
I do have to say, okay, so not only were they able to basically literally hit a single spot in the ocean, but they were actually able to get it to like land on there just a little too hard and the things went a little haywire and so it tipped over and went boom, goes the dynamite. But still. Oh, yeah, there there it goes. <laughs> like it it boom. <laughs> It, it looks like it just overcorrected a little too too much, and then it overcorrected too much, and the, it couldn't stabilize itself. Well, what had happened is it tried to the main engine because it's got one engine on the bottom that's on a gimbal, so mm-hmm. it can rotate, and the, the little boosters on the top kind of do a correction on the top part of it. Right. So the bottom engine tried to correct for the tilt, and since it was doing that, that one it had less uh, reverse thrust basically to slow it down enough to land softly. And so it landed too hard, and by that point, things had already gone too haywire to... Um, to correct it. To correct it. Yeah. So that's... Uh, God, I still can't believe they're, like, this close to it. The next one they want to try and land on uh, land. Um, let's keep doing it out in the middle of the, the water for now. <laughs> that's what I... I read that, and they're like, yeah, they want to try the next one to land it on a shore somewhere. And I'm like... Can we, um, can we just keep going on the water for a bit? Like, if if you can prove you can land it out in sea, no problem, then I'd say, yeah, sure, go ahead and land it somewhere on land. I mean, I, I guess the land would actually be easier because it's not moving. But it's... It, uh, I'm so much more comfortable with you landing this thing far away. <laughs> because the two times you've landed it, it has exploded. Quite spectacularly. But still, that's just... oh. So close. So close. But hey, they got up to the ISS. Yes. So there's at least that. There is at least that. EA Games. Oh, EA. Somehow can prove that free-to-play games are not all moneymakers. Well, yes. <laughs> because they are closing four of them. Four out of any. Uh, I think out of their free-to-play catalog. Let's see so what the, they have. The article says it's four of six. Yes. Which they're, they're, they're four of so six are of the, the major ones. These they, are they the still major have, ones. They still have things like Tapped Out, The Simpsons one, and Bejeweled Blitz. So they still have the little, like, casual mobile games. But these are, like, the bigger free-to-play games. And those are the ones that are seem to not work. Is it all really just about making money? Yes, I mean, Dave. The business is all about making money. I right, think most but, businesses are all about making money. It, some of it's also about generating publicity and generating goodwill so that people will buy your products. I mean, you can have a product that loses you money but creates more money for you elsewhere. I feel like that's what some of these would be doing. Yeah, because the Battlefield... Well, Battlefield Heroes was uh, interesting. It was kind of like... Uh, Battlefield meets TF2, but on a weird free-to-play sort of thing. The, the few times I actually did play it. And I just like, eh, this is not... I feel like I was trying to be Battlefield 1942 and uh, Team Fortress 2 at the same time, and it's just not... No. 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 Just no? Yeah. They are keeping the uh, Command & Conquer web game open, but it won't be EA running it. Oh, okay. Right, they, they basically, like, offloaded it. <sighs> I've always feel like I need to try out the Command and Conquer games. The originals? Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a because I enjoy the real time strategy games. Well, I mean, these are the granddaddy of the real time strategy games. I know, and it's like I, I feel like I should. Didn't you play Red Alert? I think I downloaded, installed Red Alert on my old laptop, but I don't think I did anything. I thought you had played Command and Conquer. No. Holy crap, you have no idea about GDI versus Nod? No. Or Kane? No. Kane lives in death. 
okay, more power to him. Oh my god, oh, Andy. And all the <laughs> crappy little cutscenes, live-action cutscenes. Yeah, no idea. Uh, god, there's a lot of these games. One, You want to play... Two, three, four, five, six... I, Seven, I would eight, play them nine, in the order ten, they were released. 11, 12, 13. 13 of these things. Which ones? Hmm? Wh- which 13? Command and Conquer, Command and Conquer Red Alert, Command and Conquer Soul Survivor, Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun. Skip Soul, Sur- Soul Survivor. Okay. Uh, Command and Conquer Renegade. You can skip Renegade. Red Alert 2. Play that. Yuri's Revenge. Is an expansion. You can skip it, but it's actually kind of fun. Okay. Uh, Generals. You can skip it. General Zero Hour. You can skip it. Command and Conquer 3, Tiberium Wars. You should play that. Command and Conquer Red Alert 3. You can play that. <laughs> I, like, it's yes. able to run on my computer? No, I'm trying to remember that one. Red Alert 3? Came out yeah. in 2008. Go, go and play it. Okay. Command and Conquer 4, Tiberian Twilight. Doesn't exist. <laughs> It's like if they were to make sequels to the the Matrix movies, or if they were to make a fourth Indiana Jones. Ah, okay. And then uh, Command and Conquer Tiberium Alliances. is That's the online one. Okay. Free-to-play one that we were talking about to begin with. Gotcha. So really, it's just Command and Conquer, Red Alert, Tiberian Sun, Red Alert 2, Command and Conquer 3, Red Alert 3. Okay. And even Red Alert 3 is kind of like, eh, okay, I, I guess you could play that. You want to play the other ones. What did Red Alert 3 look like? Maybe Red Alert 3 was good. Okay, Red Alert 3 was good. So yeah, you can play Red Alert 3 as well. Okay. So it's only six. Only six. It's only six. I don't think they have cheat codes, though. So you you actually have to, like, play through it. And some of those missions are hard missions. I don't doubt it. I do not doubt it at all. How much are they on good old games? Oh. Consult the GOG. GOG, GOG, MAGOG. Games. Where's the search? Search. I don't see it on good old games. Did they take it down? There, oh, uh, huh. All right, all right. There's okay. the ultimate collection for $20 yeah, seen this. on Origin. Oh, that's why it's not on good old games. Who says it's on Origin? Yeah, it used to be on good old games. Um... Uh, it's worth playing. All right, there's a $20 box at Walmart that okay. has 17 games. Yeah, it's right? probably the same $20 box that's on commandandconquer.com. Probably. It'll we- probably require you to install Origin. Do you have time to play another RTS? Would you make time for this game? I don't know. So many things. Because, I mean, your your birthday isn't too far away. All the things. And it's really worth playing. The music is fantastic. The uh, the the differences between this and like Warcraft for RTS are really, really good. There's there's just so much cool stuff that you can do, and the cutscenes are there. You get to learn about the Brotherhood of Nod. Oh, so speaking of retro gaming, which yeah. I'll I'll debate whether or not to, to do this whole command and conquer thing. Okay. GameStop is trying to offer classic consoles and games. Yeah. For how so much? The company, well, they haven't decided that because uh, starting next week in New York City and Birmingham, 
Uh, they are going to launch a pilot program to sell and trade in retro consoles, games, and accessories. So the qualifying locations will begin accepting games, systems, and select accessories for most retro platforms going all the way back to the NES. If it proves successful, GameStop will roll it out nationally later this year. Huh. So you could go to GameStop and buy an NES, a Super NES, a Genesis, PlayStation, N64, and Dreamcast, and probably, you know, the PS2 and the other ones, and go and buy... You could go there and buy Nintendo, the NES box and Legends of Zelda if you wanted to, probably. I don't know how I feel about this. I know a lot of the local game stores, the local mom-and-pop game stores... Specialize are, in ancient they, games. Yeah, they specialize in the, the old games because they know they can't compete with GameStop with the new ones. Right, and so GameStop is trying to get into their, their territory with that. Yeah. Huh. They realize there's not a lot of profit to be made in those games, right? True, yeah. <laughs> they, they take up a lot of shelf space... They don't have a lot of movement. I mean, I could see them trying to, like, broker deals between people and taking a percentage. But still, the amount of people who are playing the, the retro games is a handful compared to the people who are playing the new Battlefield. Right. So it's kind of weird that they're doing that. Very weird. Okay. Well, what else do we have that is weird? Why is GameStop to Okay. Comcast and Time Warner. Yeah, um... So Bloomberg on Friday yeah. put out an article saying that according to them, uh, just uh, agents in the Department of Justice that they had talked to were uh, saying that they were nearing a recommendation to block the deal. Yay! So Bloomberg on Friday reported that people in the DOG, DOJ had basically internally basically decided that, to block the Comcast Time Warner deal, but right. they haven't they hadn't officially announced it. So this Nothing just, has been uh, announced. No. And so, this article comes out on Friday, and lo and behold, there's a meeting next Wednesday between Comcast, Time Warner, and the Department of Justice to discuss comp- competition concerns. Who made the meeting? They don't say. My guess, though, is Comcast and Time Warner. Because if it's, if it's DOJ, then it's probably them going to Comcast and Time Warner and saying, look, you're not going to get to do this. If it was Comcast and Time Warner, then they saw the article and want to change their mind. The meeting next Wednesday would aim to negotiate possible concessions addressing the the concerns cited in the non-existent DOJ blocking of this merger. Hey, we heard that you're going to block this. Uh, What can we do to change your mind? Yes, this is the first time that the two cable giants have met with regulators since announcing that they were planning on merging. So they announced that they were planning on merging, did absolutely nothing with the right, did not meet with the regulators. Most of the time actually tried to block what the regulators were trying to access, i.e. the FCC was trying to get uh, contract data between CBS and, you know, the cable companies and other um, television producers and, you know, the distributors. And they tried to block that information. And now that, you know, it's kind of official that they're going to get the merger shot down, now they want to meet. Well, because if they meet, all it does is show that they are already doing illegal things by not competing. Right? That's their their primary argument is uh, we're not competing in any markets, and so therefore this is not a merger of a monopoly or a merger for a monopoly. That it, it won't reduce the number of choices people have. And that's true because you're already doing illegal things by limiting the number of choices people have. Yeah. So, yeah, this is... Uh, yay that the merger is getting blocked and... Hopefully they don't just throw money at the DOJ. <clears throat> we'll see. I just, I, I just had to update it because that was 
I thought that was really hilarious. Yeah. You know what I find hilarious? What? People using stupid versions of random numbers. Like using it for a uh, state lottery? Using a deterministic random number generator for the state lottery. It, uh so, um, one of the guys who, well, the guy who was charged with rigging the random number generator for the state lottery, uh, was the information security director for the multi-state lottery association at the time. Why? He was the security director? Yes. And he, he played and won the lotto. Yes. Which technically you are also not allowed to play the lotto if you work for the lotto. Right. Like that right there should just stop them. Yes. So, um, he supposedly bought a ticket. They have him supposedly on videotape purchasing the ticket, which later won a $14.3 million payout. Which is totally illegal. Yeah. Um, okay. So here we go. Court documents filed last week. Prosecutor said that the evidence said that he, uh, uh, the room was enclosed in, enclosed in glass, could only be entered by two people at a time and was monitored via video camera to prevent outside attacks. The computers were cut off from the internet. So he entered the room in November 20th, 2010, supposedly to change the time on the computers. And the cameras on that day only recorded one second per minute rather than the continuous regular recording like normal. What? Yeah. So he sets the cameras to only record a 60th. He, they can't prove that, but four out of the five individuals who have access to the control room camera settings will testify that they did not change the recording instructions. And the fifth person is the guy who's getting charged for rigging the lottery. (laughs) It was the perfect crime. No one could have figured out that I, the security director of the lotto, who had access to all the pieces, would have been able to change it. Not only that, um, he personally told people all the time that he was obsessed with root kits and that he had told another witness before December 2012 that he had a self-destructing root kit, which, you know, you just plug that thing in, it does its magic, and then after it's done, it disappears. Hmm. Gee, I wonder. (laughs) Holy crap. I mean, props to him for coming up with the plan, but what a moron for not having someone else buy the ticket. Yeah, it... Which reminds me, Andy, if I ever tell you to buy a lotto ticket... I will buy the lotto ticket. Thank you. (laughs) And now because of that, this episode cannot go online. Ah, crap. We have to start all over. Damn. Uh, We could just toss out a random topic recap. (laughs) <laughs> I think we can keep going. I think we're okay. Yes, we yes. haven't said anything more incriminating in this episode than we have in any of our <laughs> other episodes. So. I still want to know why the lottery for this game is using a random number generator. Is it is it just too big of a hassle to do the whole balls in a jar sort well, of thing? You could automate it. And yeah, I mean, I'd I'd trust this more than I would trust the random balls in a jar. Really? Yeah. Well, let let me rephrase that because I wouldn't trust this because some (laughs) dude just hacked it. Uh, I would trust a properly implemented random number generator, particularly one that uses uh, natural sources of entropy. So the stuff that records the uh, atmospheric noise. Yep. Could be interesting. Atmospheric noise, Brownian motion, things like that. Yeah position of an electron i don't know i still (laughs) god what a moron though i just why would you hack your own company's lotto and then buy a ticket most of the time i figure this out 
the stories that we hear about criminals are always the dumb ones because, because the smart, the smart cr- ones cr- don't get caught. Yeah, the smart ones don't get caught. Yeah. It's only the ones that, you know, like 30 years down the road when the smart guys finally, you know, catch up to them. Then we hear about the really smart ones and you're like, oh, that was a oh, smart that was, guy. That was good. That was really good. Yeah, but these ones, like, when you hear it the year of, then you're like, you know, that was a dumb guy. He did a dumb thing. Yeah, the smart ones don't get caught. Nope. So what else do we have on this list? I have a puppy. It's not on the list. Oh, I can put him on the list. No, we're good. We have plenty of topics on the list. Okay. So, uh, New Jersey Assemblyman Paul Moriarty. Really? Yes. That's um, a terrifying name. Yeah. I, it was one of those things where I just look at it, and then as soon as I say it out loud, I'm like, really? Paul uh, Moriarty, yeah. Um, he was putting a bill through the New Jersey uh, Assembly to stiffen the punishment for swatting. Swatting, for those of you who are unaware, is the totally hilarious, not at all, uh, prank that you pull on, typically on streamers, where you call a SWAT team to their house. Because, yeah, that's super funny. It's not funny yet. It's the stupidest thing in the world. And, yes, I feel like people should get punished for misusing public resources like a SWAT team. So this this state lawmaker wanted to implement penalties for this. Yeah, and... um. No surprise, someone called the county police claiming that a shooting had occurred at his residence on Saturday. Luckily, the police officers called him before storming his house, and they just told him to come out with his hands up, which he did, and he was met by a dozen officers, and they talked, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, this is a state lawmaker. I feel like whoever decided to think that would be funny kind of just shot themselves in the foot. Well, I think that it was someone who wanted to make a point or wanted to protest this or wanted to protest something else that this guy was doing. But yeah, it was still a stupid, stupid idea. Because lo and behold, I guess come, you know, Monday or whenever this actually, the next time this guy is in office on the, the, the floor. Now he's like he, armed with personal stories of it. Yes. Can't believe swatting has become that is ridiculous. Like, why is this a thing? Yes, this should not be a thing. This should not be a thing at all. No, Phil Harrison. Yes, leaving Microsoft. First, he went to PlayStation. Then he left PlayStation. Then he went to Microsoft, and now he's leaving Microsoft. Where is he going now? Uh, Nintendo. No, <laughs> we'll know on Monday. Okay, but right like, now all we he know will is announce he, on Monday, or someone else will announce on Monday, or someone's going to investigate on Monday. Um, somebody interview him, and the interview will be posted on Monday of what his future plans are. Ah, because currently, right now, all Microsoft is saying is he has chosen to pursue business interests outside of Microsoft. Quitting. Yeah. Okay. So we may or may not see Phil Harris again with his bald head. Harrison. Harrison, sorry. Harrison, again. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Not really. So what else we got on the list? Da-da. Oh, there's a new record for magnetic tape storage. Talking about old school stuff. Okay. A for single what, magnetic density? tape, which you can hold in your hand. Yeah, like a cassette. Well, well not really. It, it, they're more uh, square than a cassette tech tape. But they're still, more square? Yeah, most of the tapes now are square. Weird. Why not circles? I don't know. They used to be circular. They, yeah. the, the big reels. Yes, but now the, the, the Fuji film, let's see if I can find Fuji film tape. Let's see how big these guys are. 
LTO four tape. Come on, give me a size. Not helpful. Not helpful at all. Anyway, so yeah, these it's a little tape cartridge, and you plug it into the thing, and that's your tape backup sort of stuff. Okay. 220 terabytes. Yes. IBM and Fujifilm are working on new tape storage and have gotten the equivalent of 220 terabytes in the palm of your hand. Damn. Damn, 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 damn. That is very impressive. Yeah. That's a lot of storage. Holy crap. 220 terabytes is probably more data than I've consumed in my life. (laughs) Probably. Wow. Yeah. So whoever thought magnetic tape was dead... There is very wrong. Sorry. Okay, I understand. I was wrong. Speaking of magnets and records, though, there's a new record for something magnetic besides the magnetic tape. All right. Magnetic trains. Maglevs. Maglevs. A maglev train broke its own speed record, which means it has a new world record. Okay. 372 miles per hour. That's a fast train. Oh, yep. 372 looks like the new record. Jeez. <laughs> I love oh, how no, they... I'm, I'm sorry. That's the one that they are planning on doing on Tuesday. Oh. The current new record is 366. They're going to try and <laughs> eke out an extra six miles per hour next week. So this train had a record of 361 miles per hour back... Now it's... Yep, back in 2003. Okay. Now it's 366. They're and hoping on, to get 372. On th- on Tuesday. Yep. Okay. 366. So distance from uh, New York to LA is 2,448 miles. 2,448 divided by, what did we say, 366? Let's go with the 372. Why not? Okay. I don't think the extra six miles an hour is going to make any difference. New York to LA in six and a half hours. That's the flight time from New York to LA. Yeah. It would be just as fast to take this train as to take an airplane. The problem is, though, the fact that we would have to build said train track from New York to LA, which I highly doubt. Minor details of two and a half thousand miles of train track. (laughs) Not only that, I have a feeling this thing would not be able to do 372 miles across the continental divide. Why not? Okay, we're either going to have to go up and over the mountains or go through the mountains. Either way, there's going to be some ups and downs. Eh, It's not how it works, right? You just click a button and put track at point A and drag it to point B. And then there's track. (laughs) No, it doesn't work that way. Okay. Six and a half hours. So where would you put this track in the U.S., Andy? Where would you put this track in the U.S.? You get to put in a maglev train that goes 360 miles per hour. Where do you put it? Hmm. You could put it from, like, New York to D.C. San Francisco to L.A. The California commute? Mm-hmm. What is it? It's I-5, right? It's the highway yeah. that does that. So you just run it, like, through I-5? Yes. Okay. I like my New York to D.C. I can see that one as well, yes. But still, the there's... It would take you no time. But, okay, who's going to D.C. outside of politicians and lobbyists? Well, if if you were able to do it in half an hour... D- D.C., though, is a very... Is it... Granted, Hans will probably correct me on this one, but D.C. is a very politically specific town. Outside of politics and maybe the military, there's not much going on in D.C. True. Politics and law and the military. Yeah. Which, you know, San Francisco, there's a lot of stuff going on. Sure. We'll go with that. Okay. I don't know. It's still, it's a a fast train. Yeah. 
And then we're stuck here in America with getting stuck behind an old fork Southern. Behind a what? Behind a freight train. Okay. Because the freight companies own the tracks. Yeah. Minus the little bits of Amtrak owns. Does Amtrak actually own any track? Yeah, they own the Acela track from New York to D.C. And then they also own a small stretch actually over by us. Okay. I think it's... Oh, good for them. Between... Oh, it's somewhere between Chicago and Kalamazoo. I'm not sure where. That would be another one, Chicago to Detroit. Ooh. I don't know how many times I go on the highway and I see either like Illinois license plates or Michigan license plates in Chicago. It's just, I don't know, Chicago to Detroit could be interesting. Use it as a test bed. You just want it to run past Kalamazoo. Well, it probably wouldn't stop in Kalamazoo because... Well, the whole point of this is like it wouldn't stop, right? It would just go from node to node. Mm Mm-hmm. So speaking of pushing... Yeah. Chrome. Chrome 42 will tell me that my eBay bid has been outbid, even if I don't have eBay open. Push notifications. Yep. I don't know how I feel about this. This is, this kind of feels like a, a another reason on the list of reasons to move to Firefox. I, I'd, well, okay. The saving grace is the fact that currently you have to opt in for these pushes. Okay. And you can currently also disable the site settings as well. So you have to you have to allow them to post things to you, and you can also shut it off at any time. Okay. That's, that's a little better. The other problem I'm seeing, though, is the fact that they're getting closer and closer to completely removing the Netscape plugin application programming interface. The what? N-P-A-P-I. Shockwave? Flash? Not not Flash, because Flash is now handled within um, Chrome's HTML internal. Five. Yeah. Okay. But Flat or uh, Shockwave, Java. Okay. It's getting, there's a there's a couple other ones as well. Silverlight's getting blocked now. Right now, we can enable these things, which is great because you know most of our computers at work are running Chrome, and we need things like Java to do some of the Dell remote desktop applications that we use. Time to find a new application. Okay, you talk to Dell and ask him for a new application. <laughs> Well, or just stop using Chrome. Yeah, we might have to switch to IE or... Spartan! Spartan! Sorry, yes, we'll have to switch to Spartan instead of Chrome. God, this is going to suck. Well, already there's also issues between the the programs and the newer versions of Java. Like, Java 8 won't let you run it because there's a security risk. And it's like, I... It's in an enclosed network. Nobody has access to this other than me. Will you just please run it? I'm sorry, I can't do that. Oh, but I, I just, I need it. Just give it to me. Yes. I trust this site. Don't run it for anything else other than this one web address. I'm sorry, I can't do that. You used to be able to do that. Yeah, then they closed the security hole. <sighs> Sometimes things just, uh. Oh, last old stuff. Goodbye, old version of Google Maps. What? Remember how you like they had the new Where? version of Google Maps and you could switch back to the classic view? Oh, yeah, no, I kissed classic view gone like a long time ago. Well, I didn't because the newer version took freaking forever to load. Does it still? Yes. All right, let me just open up Google Maps and tell you how long it takes for things to load. Maps, loading, 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 loading. There, now Google Maps is up. I try and move the map. Two, I'm up. I'm moving the map. Waiting. Waiting. Oh, there we go. Moving the map. Zooming out. Waiting. 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 Okay, so there there's go. something messed up with your Google Maps then, because mine is snappy and responsive. Mine is not, which is why I was using the old version, but that's going to be going away. Instead, there's yeah. going to be a light version, which also gives me back my greatest feature of satellite view rather than stupid Google Earth. 
Because Google Earth is dumb and should feel bad. It's a little harsh. Well, it takes forever to load. If I switch to satellite view, it will take a lot less to load. But yeah, the Google Lite version is coming out right now. You can only access it via a specific URL. And supposedly, Google will automatically switch between the two of those depending on your, the speed of your service and your internet browser. That's very kind of them to automatically swap. We'll see if they actually do it, though, because they still keep on thinking, I would love the new version of Google Maps. Sorry, I mean, it, it works, works no, I, for, I, for me. I don't doubt it, it's just right now, it's like, I just want the old version. Can you just keep the old? Nope, can't do it. All right. So, should we, uh, do you want to talk about BuzzFeed, or should we just go to the random review? Uh, BuzzFeed took down an article that was critical of one of their advertisers. So they started up an internal campaign to check on when these, why these different articles were taken down. And they found, um, three art, they had totally deleted 1,112 posts. Uh, let's see, 100 were editorial decisions, 65 copyright issues, 263 technical errors, 122 duplicate posts. 140 community user deletions, unidentified byline 337, but three of them were due just because of a complaint from advertisers. Which, granted, I don't think of BuzzFeed as, you know... A source of editorial truth and and dignity. Yeah. Yeah. But still, that's kind of... It leaves me with a really bad feeling. Yeah. All right. So with that, random review? Sure, random review. Dave, you're up. War for the overworld. Better than war for the underworld. Well, so you were, you're in the underworld. Oh, okay. You are in Underlord. Uh, it is a base construction game in the Ooh. same vein as Evil Genius and Dungeon Keeper. Oh. In fact, this is the spiritual successor to Dungeon Keeper. It's not the sequel because then they have to pay rights and things like that. But it's the, the spiritual successor. It's the we wanted to make this game again and make it more modern with modern tech and modern game design. And so here you go. And it is fun. Players assume the role of an underlord tasked with building dungeons that contain deadly traps and enemies to kill wandering heroes. Hey, this sounds like a majority of Evil Genius. Yeah, well, it's because Evil Genius was based on Dungeon Keeper. Yeah. Um, it's, it's still a little rough around the edges. It's not an entirely polished game. But like it's it has all these little callbacks to the original and it's just so good. You've you have minions who are running around and digging and building things for you and you can slap them to make them do stuff. You're an evil person in this game. Like you are evil. I love the part in Evil Genius where you could execute minions in front of other minions to <laughs> motivate them to motivate the other minions. The executions will continue until morale improves. Uh, this one, you, I've, I haven't really gotten to executing minions, but there is a torture chamber. Oh, goodness. Where, if I recall in Evil Genius, you had torture devices like Giant Mixer. Yes. This, uh, the torture devices are just torture devices. They are like racks and grinders and things like that. Um, yeah, one of the evil... torture devices in Evil Genius was a mime. That's awesome. <laughs> In Evil Genius, you you purchase a lot of the furniture for each yes. room. This one, you you don't. You spend more time deciding on the rooms themselves than stuff to put in the room. Okay. Uh, the size of the room dictates kind of how much stuff is in there. 
Okay. So it's actually a little easier in that sense of like, do I want to put this here or rotate it like this versus I need to dig out a three by five so that I can put in a tavern. One of the rooms yeah. is a tavern. That that was the problem with Evil Genius was a lot of stuff there was like, okay, I want to expand this room, but that means I have to put everything away in little boxes. Expand the room. Expand the room. And then I got to play the jigsaw puzzle of how do I fit all these things back into the room? Yep. Now this is just, there's stuff. Um, it's great. The narration is fantastic. There's in fact, let me see if I can find the screenshot that I took. There it is. View screenshots. Uh, one, there's just kind of random stuff that they do every so often, like little random snippets mm-hmm. disparaging you and your minions. Cause it's evil. Yeah. It said, congratulations underlord. This is the 500th miscellaneous line within the game. You win a very special place. Uh, oh, sorry, you win a very special prize, a sense of bitter disappointment. <laughs> nice. Because there's just like random lines that he spouts out during the game. There is a campaign mode. It was a little rushed and last minute because they didn't think they'd have time to put it in. And then the game got delayed by a month for other reasons, and so they put it in. But, I mean, that's, they did not spend a whole lot of time working on a campaign. Ah. They spent about a month working on a campaign. But it's just, it's a good game. I've been enjoying it a lot. Cool. $30, though, that's... It's steep. You can always wait for it to go on sale. Yeah, I might throw, just throw that on my uh, wish list and then wait for the email to come in. Yep, summer sale around the corner, but it's a good game. It is definitely, I'd, I'd even say it's worth the $30. Hmm, be interesting to see. Yep, we could always set up the remote play. Could do that, yeah, we need to. And you could try should it. set that up anyway. Yep. Because it's broken now. Well, it's, I got a new computer. Ah. So no one has access to my stuff and I don't have access to anyone's stuff. No games for you. Yep. Hmm. $30 to build my own dungeon. <laughs> that should be interesting. So wait, is this game like actually out or is it still early? Nope, it's out. Okay. It has been released. It was Kickstartered and now it is out. Ooh, what are some of the achievements for the game? I've only seen some of them, like the campaign ones. Uh, a lot of them are complete this within a certain amount of time. Ah. You know, a lot of little campaign ones. Yeah. It's nothing really exciting. No good achievements. All right. Oh, well. Does it have trading cards? Yes. <laughs> it does have trading cards. Oh, the trading cards. So, yeah, War for the Overworld. Very, very fun. All right. I will ponder. Okay, you ponder. What else okay. we got? Uh, we got the random topic, which rolled ahead of time. Which teachers, coaches, students, and activities in high school contribute the most to your intellectual development and why? Uh, oh, huh. That's a tough one. So basically, who in high school contributed the most to intellectual learning? But not only that, but not even a who, but what as well. Well, let's see. For teachers, uh, Pike, Jonik, Hasberger, and uh, I'm blanking. Research Sem guy. Starts with an M. I don't know. I had Research Sem with Hill. So Yeah. Oh, my God. Marcero. Mr. Yeah, Marcero. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I'd, I'd say those were the top contributors. I mean, I... I had an advantage that, actually you had a very similar advantage, 
both of my siblings had gone through the high school before me. Yes. Right. So we 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 as a family knew who the the teachers were that could support the kind of learning that I needed that could challenge me and and make me want to continue to learn. But then there were also some of the new teachers like um, uh, Mr. Schmier. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Pike. Pike was yeah. new. Schmier, Pike, uh, Gumminick. Yeah. I, I did not have any of them. Well, oh, I had Pike. Uh, Schmier and Gubinick were both of them were stuck out in the uh, portables, portables for a while. Yep. I had Pike for, for civics, so I didn't have them. Oh, there was a... Um, oh, who did I take world history with? He was in the front of the... Uh, Smigelski? I don't know. I don't. That's who I had history with. Well, world history. But it's, it was those teachers that kind of like took what you were actually learning and then also expanded it. upon it. Like I still remember we had a, uh, oh, it was the, the world history class. We actually had a pretty heavy discussion about uh, communist versus democracy sort of things there. And he was able to play devil's advocate well enough that half the class was like, oh, communism. Hmm. We should give that a shot. Well, it's communism is one of those things that theoretically can work, but in right. practicality. Kind of sucks. Yeah. But yeah, it was always those those teachers that expanded beyond just the the notes on there, or expanded beyond the homework sort of stuff. I had teachers who wanted me to learn and helped me want to learn. I mean, like you you cannot sit in a room with Joyce Jonick and not pay attention to her. Oh, Mrs. Jonick, never actually had any with her. She's yeah, she was incredible. She was absolutely incredible. Coaches, though, coaches I only really had. Had Pete. I, I don't count Susan Nenedick as a coach. Yeah, no, I was like, Nenedick's not, no. I feel like most of the coaching with Quiz Bowl was just dissecting how the questions are asked to try and get the answer. No, she she did a pretty good job, actually, of, of maintaining the team and uh, coordinating things. She also went to bat for us a lot. That I did not know about. Granted, I was, you know, just the JV guy. Yeah. No, she went to bat for us for a lot of different things. Mm. Loveland was always fun just because he was able to take swimming and then just do other things at the same time. It's like we were at some match and he's like, I want you to double check my math. I'm going to give you a bunch of numbers and I want you to add them up in your head and then tell me what the answer is. That's not double checking math. That's a math exercise. (laughs) I know, but he set it up as I want you to double check my math. No, if you want someone to double check your work give them the tools to do it yeah i'd go with that original list lampman was also good as a teacher he was the band teacher yeah because he the band room was almost just like the 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 place to hang out yep but that's not i mean that's part of high school yeah i wouldn't call that being a teacher band room was always great to hang out with most of mm, students though students Students that were influential to my learning, um, all of my current friends. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Because they're the friends that I had in high school. <laughs> I don't know. It's Students were mostly trying to just teach me, like, who can I work well with? Who can I not work well with? Who's a good person to have around? Who's not a good person to have around? Because there's always that one person who disrupts your entire group, and it just it's not It's hard good. to recover from that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this was an interesting random topic for just kind of reminiscing. Activities, though. Music, though. Music was key. I enjoyed music. I enjoyed some of my extracurricular activities. Some of my extracurricular activities I did not enjoy. 
I didn't do much extracurricular. I did choir. That was a really extracurricular. That was curricular. I did quiz bowl, and that was pretty much it. Now, some of the sports I enjoyed, some of them I did not. Um, yeah, some of the, the band was, marching band was fun. My extracurricular for marching band was to go to the games to watch you guys in the band. There was, I do have to say that there was a lot of stuff, though, outside of actual school that went with the development of stuff. School was, school was just a vessel to contain it all. Sure. With that profound note. You think we're done? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.